So weird. I do not know why the audio won't pull over. Hopefully, it will pull over once I buy this thing, which I did tonight. We'll have it next week. It should be better. Better audio. It said it had better audio and better everything. So Next week, full intro. None of them fucking watermarks. Anyway, folks, Thursday night, wrestling outlet. I am Boxman, and he is... Uh, I am, of course, the one and only the voice of the generation. I'm just well, but how are you? <sighs> it's Thursday, my man. One day closer to Friday. I always like that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So that's a good thing. I got to turn you up a little bit. There we go. That should help. That always helps. Turn, turn it up. You got to turn it up to 11. Uh, I'm going to turn you up a little more, actually. Oh yeah! I'm not gonna turn you on. I'm gonna turn you up. Well, I mean, we'll see how the night goes. The night's young. All right, yeah, we'll see what two-letter words we can use later. Mm-hmm. On, up, in, out, of, to. This is like a schoolhouse rock thing. We doing prepositions. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Let me put my fucking phone over here, goddammit. All right, anyway, yeah, it is Thursday. I yeah, I think it was kind of a light news week, folks, but um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what we got. We don't have that really a lot, that really a lot. We don't have that much to get into. It wasn't really a lot of news, but we do have a few things that we will get into. And, of course, we had AEW blood and guts last night which, of course, we will talk about. And that's probably going to be minimal. I mean, it was really a pretty much an hour match. So I think it was a total of, what, five matches on the show, maybe? I would say four, but... Well, could be. Four. I'm not good at math. Blood and Guts was an entire hour. Though. Hmm. Yeah, they pretty much slotted away a whole hour for that match, which, um, holy fuck, man. That was pretty crazy. I mean, so you had the you had the Jungle Boy match, you had the Brick Breaker Squash match, you had the tag team match, and then Blood and Guts. I think that was it. Oh, I can't wait to get into that tag team match. Mm. Oh, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. We'll get there, folks. We will get there. And of course, like me and Smart just said, though, always the main event on this show, we will be talking a little Teddy Hart tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Teddy's in trouble again, folks. Teddy's in trouble again. It's like a, it, it, it's like a, a running theme on the show. <laughs> I mean, there's a dedicated Twitter handle or account to it. Is Teddy Hart in jail? I believe it's the title of the Twitter, and uh, that might need to be updated. I think it does need to be updated, according to TMZ. Mm-hmm. According to TMZ, but um, hell, I guess we get started. Oh, I just ate dinner. So I'm like still kind of bull. But I'll be all right. I'll be all right. I, I think I'll be all right. Anyway. All right, folks. Let's get started. Um, Someone who I could swear we talked about last week. Um, Let me minimize that down. I could swear we talked about uh, Alicia Fox last week, Mark. Didn't we? If not last week, the week before, yes, we've definitely yeah. talked about her recently. Yeah. Recently, we have talked about her. And uh, Saturday, I or Sunday, actually, I 
popped on the old uh, Facebook, and there was a picture of Alicia Fox, who has joined Booker T's Reality of Wrestling. I don't know if she's wrestling. I, in that outfit, I don't think so. Um, but I, uh, she's got a mic in her hand. I don't know what she's going to be doing there, but uh, she looks to be in great shape. Indeed. And um, that's it. This might be the worst picture anyone could have posted of her. But a picture it is. Yes. I looked. This was it. This was it. So there you go. But yeah, formerly Alicia Fox um, calling herself Vix Crow. V-I-X Crow. Um, I don't know why you would call yourself after Vix. That's weird. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't mind having her rubbed on my chest. Well, I mean, I'm not saying... You perv. Mm. It, it does sound like a very like two thousand ish type of name. Like that sounds like the name of somebody who was like in a backyard wrestling promotion when they're like thirteen years old and they're like dressed like Jeff Hardy. Yeah, it does. It does. It seems like 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 this would have been something Sting would might have changed his name to at one point. You know. <laughs> I actually just thought of Sting after I got done saying Jeff Hardy. I was like, man, Jeff Hardy and Sting. Like he, he's wearing like the mesh stuff and he's got like dyed hair, but he's also got on like the trench coat and the bat. He's like yeah. brooding around with Sting. Yeah, I think it would have been perfect. I think that would have been mm. a good little, uh, good little mix there. Nice, very nice, very nice. So yeah, I like I said, I don't know if she's announcing, I don't know if she's wrestling, but uh, good for her. This this uh, this promotion gets a little bit of buzz every now and then of uh, of Booker T's. So. Needed a swiggy, folks. Needed a swiggy. So, all right. Mm. All right. Let's it's important uh, to stay hydrated. Got must stay hydrated. Me and Coors Light are uh, hydrating. Aim home. The wife bought me more. Love that woman. She did. She bought me more. Just gotta love her. All right, folks. Anyway, um, Megan Morant. Uh, she is a WWE kind of backstage announcer. Well, she not backstage announcer, backstage interviewer. I would I would uh, probably call her more than a backstage announcer, but um, she did a pretty uh, pretty selfish thing, uh, selfless thing. Not self. What did I say? Selfish. Something like that. What the fuck am I talking about? Selfless. She did an elvish thing? This is some sort of an orc or a medieval creature? No, none of that. None of that at all. Uh, she uh, donated a kidney, a kidney to a friend of hers. Um, it turns out she's actually been working with the National Kidney Registry in Boston uh, to help her friend Margaret, who they are a match. And uh, she donated the kidney. And um, it's a pretty fucking cool thing right there that she just did, man. But like that, she's been doing this for a while looking for someone and her friend just happened to be looking and she's been wanting to donate her kidney. I didn't know people actually wanted to do that, but there it is. She's, kind of on uh, my bucket list. Oh, is it? You going to donate one? Yeah, if anybody needs my spleen, just send me a DM. There you go. Are you selling? You're not selling that. Well, 
so confused. I, legally, I am not. <laughs> okay, did Silk Road open back up? <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> I think you actually just like launched a good idea, I think. Because like you said, they were a match, mm-hmm. like a dating site. But you have to be like similar blood types or have similar organs. So then that way, you know, something were to happen. You know, you already got your partner lined up. There you go. There you go. And plus the down the family down the line, you know, keep it keep, keep good good smart. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. But um yeah. It uh she ha- this happened in Boston. Now here's what's funny, and one of the reasons I'm uh, I'm talking about this. My parents were in Boston trying to get to the airport and the tunnel was closed. So they were having a hard time getting there. Part of why it was closed because it was because of this organ transplant. Huh. Uh, she puts uh, she put out a tweet uh, a couple days afterwards that said, "Sorry about the traffic, Boston." And then uh, hashtag donate life hashtag kidney donor. Um, so I. Don't know if they were trying to get her out of there or get her in, but my parents were trying to get to the airport. This was going on, and uh, they were almost late for their plane because of, uh, I guess I didn't realize it, but because of this. Because of this rude bitch giving away her kidneys. I know. And this Mother Teresa complex of her. Unbelievable, this woman doing this awesome, really, really, really good deed for her friend. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh. <laughs> I, I I don't think you can get uh, get any cooler than what she did right there, but um, yeah, like uh, she actually put out something on Instagram. Uh, it said, "Honestly, I'm 48 hours removed from donating donating a kidney, and I uh, and I don't feel like it." She wrote, "I really feel great, and I want to thank you all for the prayers and for keeping me in your thoughts. So let's keep Margaret in our thoughts as well because she's next to get a kidney." Um, the kidney didn't go right from her over. I believe they need to do testing on those organs. Uh, so within, you know, very soon the sure friend will get that kidney. Which is, but like, if you're her friend, imagine like you kind of you have to give her airport rights, now, right? Mm. Like at some point she's going to come and collect. She's going to ask you to do something. Like you're going to have to be locked in on. Oh no! This is like help me help me move. Mm. This is help me move. I think, you know, mm. yeah. This is your yeah yeah yeah. This yeah. You're loading the truck. You're helping. You're doing everything. This is this this is a help me move situation. Possibly wash my car. Mm. Possibly wash the car. Yeah, definitely. But you know, airport rides are probably in a minimum. Even with well, the, the question is like, is it if you give her more than one airport, right? Does that sort of you know make up for that? I'm not sure what the limit would be on this, but I mean, she gave you an organ. Mm-hmm. This isn't a car, you know. She didn't give you a motorcycle. She gave you life. <laughs> I mean, by the by, if she wants another organ to you know supplement the organ that she lost. Go ahead and send me a DM. And, 
Let me put that picture back up for you there, Smart. Is that what you wanted? Is that, is that what you were asking for? Sure. You got uh, newly retired Megan Rapapone behind her over there? Yeah, only the best. I think this is Amanda Nunez right here over on uh, beside Rapapone on the left. I think that's who that is. Sure is. Yeah, that is Nunez? Okay. I thought so. And the other ones, I don't know. Uh, fuck. I think the the one with the glasses of tennis lady. Oh, okay. Billie Jean King. Maybe? Billie Jean King. Okay, okay. Battle maybe. of the sexes. I don't know that for sure though. Uh, might be. I think you might be right. Battle was the battle of the sexes thing. Okay, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, there you go. Like I said, a pretty fucking cool thing for anybody to do. But I mean, the fact that she'd been working with them for a long time and has been wanting to do something like this is pretty fucking cool, man. The fact that she matched, the fact that it all worked out for the best. I mean perfect situation it's a friend already and i mean it's uh i don't know this is one of those really like super feel good stories Mm -hmm. so we don't tell enough of these to be honest with you we're usually making fun of something or or unfortunately talking about deaths and stuff this is great to be talking about life i love it Speaking of, Uh-oh. as we eventually transition, you said that we either make fun of people or we do death things. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to play some roulette here. It's your choice: sad death news or making fun of somebody. Making fun. All right. So, did you hear that at the end of this month, there is uh, we're all gonna have to gather around the old telly because on Peacock they're doing a documentary. Do you know who they're doing a documentary on? Tell me it's Teddy Hart. I wish it was. I wish season two of the Teddy Hart Chronicles were coming out. It's somebody who, uh, in my opinion, is more foul and famous. Hulk Hogan. Cody Rhodes. Cody. Somebody who thinks about as highly of himself as Teddy Hart does. Okay. Cody. Uh, What is it called? Oh, well, of course, it is called American Nightmare Becoming Cody Rhodes, a Peacock original. Of course, it's a Peacock original, you know, like fucking uh, Hulu and Netflix and Disney Plus were just beating each other up trying to get the rights to a two-hour Cody Rhodes documentary about him presumably failing to win the main event at WrestleMania. Two-hour? Yep. Uh, Let's go ahead and read a little bit about this. A new documentary chronicling Cody Rhodes' return to WWE is coming to Peacock later this month. Peacock announced it today that the WWE American Nightmare Becoming Cody Rhodes will begin streaming on Monday, July 31st. The documentary is two hours long. It's narrated by Heels and Arrow star Stephen Amell. There's there's a trailer that's out that I haven't seen, but I'm sure it's a good laugh for everybody. Um... But yeah, it goes on to talk about how him and Mel are best friends and he's feuding with Brock Lesnar and all of the other stuff that's going on the life of time with Cody Rhodes. Oh, the, 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 the mental masturbation that goes into this guy's daily life is just obnoxious. They- Two hours long documentary. And like he hasn't okay, like mind you, he hasn't won anything yet. 
<laughs> like he is a zero time world champion. I mean, I guess you know, Ring of Honor, maybe. I don't remember if he was Ring of Honor champion or not, but zero time. AEW? World champion. AEW? Wasn't an AEW world champion either. He won the TNT belt for a minute, but. No, I thought he was for a bit and then he couldn't do it again. No, no. No, no. Jericho um, and then. No, it was Jericho right. and then I want to say Paige and then Punk. Or Moxley was in there too. It was never Moxley. Tony, though. Moxley, Moxley was in there too. Oh, Omega never. No, no. I think it was Jericho, Moxley, Omega, and then Paige. Omega did have it. I thought I was crazy there for a second. Mm-hmm. Just for a second, though. But no, he, Cody was feuding with MJF, and if MJF beat him, he would never challenge for the title. And then he beat him, and then he never challenged for the title, and then he left. So we were going to tell elsewhere, and then that didn't happen. I just found this on the desk. What the fuck is this? What's my wife doing when I'm not around? I have no idea. I feel like the only way that I would watch a two-hour-long Cody Rhodes documentary is if it was narrated by Christopher Kane instead of Stephen Amell. Oh, I thought you were going to say Christopher Walken. That would work, too. Well, it's two hours long, so like one head, just split up the Christmas. You get Kane for an hour, you get Walken for an hour. So, next thing you know, uh, Cody is walking down the road. <laughs> He's sucking his own dick. Look at this guy with his fucking tattoo. According to Christopher Kane, he's sucking the cock. The cock. I said the cock. I actually watched Dead Zone with him last night. 1983, Christopher Walken, but a good movie nonetheless. There's a movie. I'm, there's a movie. I'm surprised they haven't remade. Um, I know they did a TV show about it, but. I'm surprised they haven't remade that movie. That'd be a great one, a great Stephen King one to remake. Hmm. Mm. I think. I don't really, I don't really watch a lot of the Stephen King movie adaptations. I, I watched. I've seen Cujo. Mm-hmm. I saw Maximum Overdrive, and then oh. I decided to never watch another Stephen King movie ad- 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 adaptation. What the fuck is the hate for that movie? Well, okay. I mean, like it—it it made a lot more sense when I read that, like, basically everybody involved was just fucking coked out of their mind. And I will give it credit for being one of the few horror movies that is bold enough to just straight up kill a child. Like a kid gets murdered by a vending machine. That was the what? high point of the movie. Everything else was kind of shitty. I just don't see the hate for the. Yeah, you know what's funny? Every fucking co-host I've had on this show has hated that movie. That's there's probably a sign. All, like all of us have come from very different backgrounds and have very different ideas of what constitutes a good movie. No, and we all no. hate maximum overdrive. No, you're all people. fucking young, naive, and don't know what a good movie is. You fucking whippersnappers. Perhaps, but I too would rather watch Fat Beach than Maximum Overdrive. I will watch Maximum Overdrive a hundred times to Fat Beach one. <laughs> You said Fat Beach 1. I would like to believe that there was just like a Fat Beach trilogy. No, I mean to Fat Beach 1 time. Yes, I well, yes, I understand what you meant by that, but Fat Beach 1 painted the picture that there will perhaps someday in the future be a Fat Beach 2. No, there will I'm, not. No, that movie blows. And there's and no, that movie was awful. awful. There's a good burger too. I never I don't I never saw the first one. 
you had no reason to see the fir- the first one. It, was, it came out in like 1997, I want to say. Babe, are you? And by then, you are already a full grown as adult. I was a six year old child. What? What? What are so, you looking for? My flip flop. Oh, okay. I just saw you bent over. I don't know if you were giving me hints or looking for something. Not, no, no hints. No, just looking. She's looking for for a flip flop. No, I see Lene's flip flops, and that's it. I see a convoy of pair of vans. That's it. Sorry, sorry. So yeah, no, no, there won't be a a fat beach two. Shouldn't have been a fat beach one. Anyway. That's why I like how you didn't you didn't attempt to defend Maximum Overdrive in any way. You just sort of called the, the three, four, three of us out. Three. Well, yeah, it's pretty sad. Three. Do, do do we know how Spencer feels about, about Maximum Overdrive? Oh, I for, I don't remember. I don't remember. That's 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 a that's 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 I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. I forgot about Spencer. I would assume he'd probably be in our camp, but again, you didn't say what made this movie good. You just called this out for not liking it. Dude, machines come to life. What's not to like about this movie? Cars drive themselves. Trucks drive themselves. A truck with a big fucking crazy scary mask. What mm-hmm. I mean, what? what's not to like about machines coming to life? The writing, the acting directing oh you're worried about the soundtrack was fine you are so worrying about the little stuff the acting the writing that's the little shit smart that's the small stuff stop nitpicking stop nitpicking fast and furious horrible acting horrible (laughs) writing great fucking action (laughs) you're talking to somebody who's seen two of those I've seen all. all <laughs> like, I've seen nine going, out of the ten. Like, oh, you watch Fast and Furious? No, I don't. You're, that's not my genre. You're, you're calling me out for the wrong things. No, I'm just saying. See what I mean? Made 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 bazillions off that fucking movie. Transformers, bad acting, bad fucking writing, bazillions. Maximum Overdrive. It's like one of those fucking cult classics, man. It's 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 like the it's like the the, the Rocky horror of uh, horror films. It's a cult I'm classic. Go ahead and press this red button right here. How how dare you? It's one thing to be like you watch stupid shit too, sport, but it's another thing to be like it was it was like Rocky horror. It was not at all like Rocky horror. How dare you? I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying it's got that cult kind of following. The cult. It's a cult classic. God damn it. All those old 80s horror movies are Silver Bullet, that Dead Zone. Even Dead Zone's considered one of those cult classics. Christine. What's up, Norab? about the car, yeah? Yeah, yeah, the car that turns. Uh, another one where the car comes to life. What's up, Norab? We haven't really got into too much, man. Don't Don't worry about it. Um, I'm going to deep dive about Maximum Overdrive. For, I, I thought we could talk make fun of Cody for like 20 minutes, but this has somehow become about Maximum Overdrive. You, I'm not even sure how we've gotten here. You had a shit on Maximum Overdrive. Oh, because you were talking about Christopher Walken, and then you said it's one of the movies that was a gang adaptation. And then I made fun of Maximum Overdrive, and, and now you're upset with me. 
I'm not upset. I just don't understand the hate for the movie. You're just disappointed. I understand. Fucking young, naive whippersnapper. Wait till you become my age. You're going to love that goddamn movie by the the time. You were like, goddamn, I wish they'd remake Maximum Overdrive. Oh, they will. Boxman was right, as usual. I would bet you within five years that they're going to fucking remake Maximum Overdrive. Uh, um, uh, They better put Emilio in it still. They better. Mm, He still looks about the fucking same. Him and fucking Charlie Sheen look the same still. I don't get it. Well, I mean, like we said about the whole cocaine. Well, Charlie Sheen's the vampire blood. Uh, Norab wants to know if we support the strike. This is a fucking loaded question. The writers strike. The uh, some of the actors have joined the strike. Um, some of the actors have joined the strike. Let me say this: I have no problem with the writers striking. Honestly, I don't. They're a union; they can do what they want. The the the. The lower tier actors with them, I understand that too. But these twenty million a movie uh, actors, go back to your fucking mansions, please. Please go back to your mansions. Yes, I do support what they're doing. I always support anyone. You know, it, it, like I said, it's their right to go out there and strike. It's literally, you know, First Amendment. Or yeah, what's up in there? Something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely, I have no problem with it. I just think that some of these, like I said, 20 million a movie and they're out there. You know what? You want to fucking, uh, why don't you start a little uh, little side fund with all your 20 million a movie friends and you guys chip in every movie for them. Why don't you cut your fucking salary down to fucking, you know, maybe, I don't know. Five million and let them take a little bit of a piece of that. That's not what they're going to do. That's not what they're doing. They'd rather sit out there with their little signs and their nice outfits and their tits showing and fucking try to get some uh, attention stirred up. Anywho, Smark, what do you feel? <laughs> I did. It's much of a letdown compared to your take. On this <laughs> I honestly. Kind of, sort of, don't give a shit. But if you can get, if you can make more money from fucking rich billionaires, why not? You know, because I don't watch like current TV shows or current movies. Like I have a backlog of fucking movies and TV shows that I need to get, still haven't seen that I need to get into anyway. So like not being able to see like the next episode of like fucking Grey's Anatomy or This Is Us or whatever the fuck is on TV these days, I don't much care about. But hey, if you can get money. Yeah, I mean, I'm just look again. Fran Drescher, I don't know what this in relation to, but I just saw that. I don't know, but I mean, look, it, it definitely, like I said, I have no problem with the striking thing. That's great, but like I said, you know, these fucking high dollar actors, why don't they fucking lower their salary? You know, there's all kinds of stories about Keanu Reeves like tanking his salary in order to get better actors in movies. There's or he'll buy uh, gifts for the fucking crew at the end of it. My God, people be more Keanu. We need more Keanu's in acting. 
And there are more nice guys like him out there in acting. There are more stories of people that have, you know, cut their salaries in order to get a, a, this actor or that actor, uh, you know, uh, on the in their movies. But I don't know. We need more Keanu's out there who would who's willing to cut their salary and do things and make the you know little guys on the crew feel like they actually fucking mean something. I think he actually bought them all like one crew Rolexes or something and one one I don't know. He's done so many charitable things with the with the money he makes that that's why he gets parts and everyone loves every movie he's in. He, you want to love everything he's in. He could do a movie about taking a shit in the bathroom and everyone would rave about it for fucking six weeks. It'd be very educational for some people because not all of us uh, remember to flush. <laughs> I'm just saying. That man could do it. If anyone could do it, Keanu's the man. That'd be an extremely cheap movie to make, I'd imagine. It'd be like Phone Booth. Mm-hmm. See, another movie. I love that movie. That movie did not... Even our downloads didn't do well for that movie when I, when I reviewed that movie. <laughs> I like that movie. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. It's fucking... It's a great, quick little story, and I like it. I don't know. I, I've i admitted many times on this show, I don't watch movies for the same reasons a lot of people do. I know, like you said, you you want to see good writing, good acting. If this is build a fucking action movie, I want to see action. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. I don't care. I just don't, man. I watch movies to veg out, sit there, and just fucking watch the movie. I can handle bad movies. I mean, there's really only one movie that I've ever just shut off and went, what the fuck did I just waste my life watching? And it's called The Happening with Mark Wahlberg. Hmm. Yeah. People just start committing suicide out of nowhere. It's the dumbest fucking movie. Fucking hated it. Hey, would you come down from that ledge there, friend? Hey, come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Don't don't jump, buddy. Just another, uh, just another movie where Mark Wahlberg is out of breath half the fucking movie. Every movie, the guy's out of breath. What? So he's like he's a Darby Allen of acting. I guess. What? What do we do now? Oh, jeez. Steven Seagal is the best. You know what, Norab? Finally, we agree on something. I love fucking Seagal movies. I really do. I really do. I have talked many, many, many Steven Seagal movies. I do like Steven Seagal. None of those movies have good... Some of them have good acting. William Forsythe is... He's got good actors with him usually in the movies, but most of the writing is fucking cheesy action movie martial art bullshit so but they're good to me i mean you got above the law you got out for justice you got fire down below you got some great fucking movies with seagal in it man hard to kill him and fucking kelly lebrock 
I mean, I, I, I'd appreciate his courage. I just, for some reason now, you mentioned Steven Seagal, and I think of the movie he did with Stone Cold that me and Anthony reviewed. Maximum Conviction. Maximum Conviction. What was that? Yeah, I was trying to remember the movie. I said Countdown. That's a whole different one. Yeah, that is a different one. But uh, Maximum Conviction. And there's one part in the movie, you know, you got Steven Seagal, who's a little heavier in this movie. Um, yes, he is. He's uh, he's shapely. Want to say that? Well, shapely, maybe shapely. That's what I like about him. Is like if he's like if he's allowed to be like a kung fu master action hero, then like I should be allowed to be like the fucking the next Evan Stone, dude. Get out there and fucking start rolling some jujitsu, man. I can see you kicking some ass. <laughs> but anyway, um, where was I? What were we? Uh, what was I? Uh, uh, oh, so Seagal's sitting there and he's got all this fucking tack gear on, right? And he's having to go back to the prison. He's in this like explorer, and I don't know if he. he I don't know if he just. Ha- he's a tall guy, so I figured he'd have the seat all the way back, but. In this scene, he's got gear on, right? Like all these flashlights and shit. But he's like this far from the steering wheel because he's also a fat fucking piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So he looks like he's packed in this fucking vehicle. He's trying to drive and his little, his arms are barely fucking moving. And he's trying to grab the radio and he's like. <laughs> I actually, it's kind of smart if you think about it. Because, like, it's an action hero that you can aspire to be. <laughs> like, dude, I could eat, I could fucking eat HGH sandwiches all day, every day for the next fucking 25 years, and I would never look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I already look like fucking, I, I actually, I no longer look like Steven Seagal. I've improved. Like, I was already there. You know, and I've said this before, it's funny, when you watch Steven Seagal movies, if you go literally from, like, you know, you, you go back to Above the Law, which I believe was his first movie. Um, and as you go through the movies, you start watching, you know, you go to that, you go to Out for Justice. He's a little heavier, not a lot. He's still pretty skinny. I, I still don't know why he runs with his arms flaring all over the place like he's like, like, like he's going to cry in the car. He's going to cry. You mean like, like this? He he, like his arms just flare sideways when he runs like this, just like yeah, swinging. That it's kind of a big person run or a big person fast. Run. I don't know, man. I might need to get a quick video of a Steven Seagal run. Let me see. I'll tell y'all what. If I can find a video of Steven Seagal running, I will fucking play it. Give me a minute here, Steven Seagal running. Oh, perfect. Running funny. Oh, wait, we got 19 seconds here. Oh, okay. This is from, uh, this is from the, uh, the one he did with, uh, Keith David. Yep. That'll work. 19 seconds. Give me a second here. I'm going to, I'm going to rip this video real quick. I mean, I'm going to play this video for you guys as soon as, you guys know what the fuck I mean. Give me a second. That's what I mean. But uh, yeah, we can get a quick video. This is from, oh my God, what was the name of this movie? The reggae, the Rasta movie. I'll figure it out in a minute. 
I'll figure it out in just a second. Here we go. I'll have it in just a second. Oh, I'm even going to get it in high definition. That's what I'm going to do. But uh, I don't know why he runs like this, but you just watch the movies and he just like, it's just getting heavier and heavier and heavier throughout the movies. All right, here we go. 19 seconds. Hold on. We're not going to have any sound. We're just going to see him running. There he is. Look at his arms. Look at his arms just flapping all over the place. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, and he's it's not a even chubby fat. person to run. He's not even fat here. Yeah, but he's he's got he's got it in. Not even fat there. That's a great fucking movie, by the way. I can't believe I can't think of the fucking name of that goddamn movie. Jesus Christ! I don't think I've seen the movie. I know. I just wish I could think of the name of that goddamn movie right there because it's a really fucking good movie. It's not hard to kill. It's not under siege. Not above the law. March for Death. March for Death. That's the movie he's in with uh, Keith David. Good movie, actually. But I don't know why he runs like a weirdo. Did I like the movie Tremors? Oh, fuck yeah. All five of them, if you did not know. Actually, there might be six. Hold on here. That I can tell you. Tremors movies in order. There are one, two, three, four. There's six of them. There are six, and I have seen all six. Nope. Excuse me. There is seven. I have not seen the last one that came out in 2020. But I, I have seen five of the, no, six of the seven. If that, I know, Smart, I can see how impressed you are. But I do like them. I do like them. And it's funny, what's his name? Uh, the one guy came back for every fucking one of them. The guy who played Bert. Kevin Bacon only. No, it wasn't Gary Busey. Kevin Bacon only did the first one. But, uh, all right, hold on. Now you got me fucking thinking here. This will take two seconds here. Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Michael Gross. Michael Gross, who came back for all of them. I don't know if he's in the last one. He was retired. Nope, unbelievable. He's in the fucking last one, too. He's did all fucking seven of these movies. That's a fucking trooper right there, sir. A fucking trooper. But anyway. I like the one where they go in space. Fast and Furious? No, I might have been Fast and Furious. Fast and, people go into space all the time. Oh, that, I mean, now they do. I wouldn't go mm-hmm. underwater if I was you, but space, that's probably better. Anyway, the final frontier, I understand. Yeah, I understand too. I do, I do. All right, you know what? Let's get into. Uh... <laughs> I'm sitting here watching you, listening to you talk about tremors for like 10 minutes, and I'm watching my dog roll around at her back on the floor, and I'm just wondering what it is that I'm doing in my life. Tremors. Tremors, indeed. Tremors, sir. All right, so here's something we have not talked about. Uh,. uh 
NORAB. I haven't even seen the Sharknado series, so Tremors is obviously better to me. I've actually seen Sharknado. I'll go Sharknado. No. Tremors is awesome. Tremors is awesome. All right. Anyway, here's something we have not talked about, folks. Uh, Lacey Evans versus Sergeant Slaughter, sort of. Um, we haven't really talked about match. Yeah, the dream match. I haven't really talked about this very much, but uh, Sergeant Slaughter is not very happy with Lacey Evans for the new character, a relatively new character WWE has her has her portraying, which is pretty much the badass military girl that they should have had her doing from day one. From fucking day one, they should have had her doing this. That's neither here nor there. But he's got a little criticism of the character. He's got criticism of the use of the Cobra Clutch. Smart without asking permission. Mm -hmm. Because you need permission to use every move in fucking wrestling. That's right. There's all kinds of paperwork. I mean, oh yeah. That that's why we hadn't seen Jake Roberts in a while. Uh, every time somebody needs to fucking do a DDT, they have to mm. send him facts and he has to get back to him. That's what it, this is why we need management. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. We need management back there. We need someone with a desk to go back there, file paperwork for everybody. Management, what we need. But anyway, he's got a few things wrong. With her, uh, mainly the camel clutch is one of his main problems. Um, and one other thing, uh, you can see by this picture here, you see you got uh, Lacey Evans here looking um, delicious. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. Delicious. But uh, cleavage showing, and that is kind of one of the things he takes offense to. Um, her attire. He claimed that it makes her come across as more of a sex symbol than a veteran, he said. Uh, he says, and I quote, she's coming out with the campaign cover on, and she's got a big cobra on the front of it. Um, she's got her outfit on, and she's showing a lot of cleavage. To me, that's selling sex. That's not... That's not selling that you're a tough SOB from the Marine Corps. She should have a T-shirt on and have the combat boots on and have those fatigues on if you want to emulate Sergeant Slaughter and and that you're from the Marine Corps and you're a drill instructor. Act like one. Be one. I just want to point something out before I read the last sentence. By the way, I'm going to point something out here. Smart, you okay? That's got a regulation uniform, maggot. I was never sexy. If you're going to rip off my gimmick, stop making me a cock tease. And by... There's <laughs> just so much to unpack with that shit. This is like a... She's like a... I mean, she is... She's not like a sexy AI of Sergeant Slaughter. That's not what we have here. <laughs> You don't even have all. a mustache. At least purchase a fake retro Marks mustache. Oh, my Lord. Awful, awful, awful. But I, before I finish this last sentence, um, Sergeant Slaughter, never in the military. Never, mm-hmm. never, 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 ne- ne- never, 
ever in the military. Um, I also like how he just could, like thinks that you cannot. There's no crossover between like you can't be dressed sexy and also be a badass. No, because like I am pretty sure that like Rhea Ripley could straight up legitimately kick my ass, and I'm pretty sure that I would enjoy that quite a bit. I would probably pay her to do so. <laughs> check the door. See how smart I, I checked the fucking door and make sure it was closed and my wife wasn't in the room. I I I I would be happy with that. She could kick the shit out of me for all I care. But I mean, look. Yeah, you know, matter of fact, I don't mean to need to fucking finish the last sentence. Basically, it's just as like many other girls out there that can be the sex symbol. Lacey shouldn't be it. That's basically what he's saying at the end there. Um, and and they should have allowed him to get involved more. So, <laughs> I mean, they should have let me wear a tube top. I don't want to go to the bustier. Damn it. I don't know why I'm making it Vince McMahon, but I, there's, there's really only so much I can do with Close enough. With voices it's like close that. enough. It's close enough. I swear to God. But I mean, you know, I, I, and like you were just saying, Smart, she can look unbelievable and still be a badass. She can. And I don't even think she was a drill instructor when she was over there. I don't think that was what her uh, her job was. I don't think she was a drill instructor. But my lord, I might need to start watching again just for this outfit. Well, watch what you can because apparently Sergeant Slider is going to make her put on something more modest. I'll tell you right now, they're not going to make her go out there in a fucking t-shirt and cover her up. She is this. I like the look. I'd let her. Yeah, kick, I'd let her fucking kick my ass and throw me around. Mm-hmm. Good lord, come call me maggot. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> my God, smack my ass when you do it, please. What? What? I didn't say that, did I? But anyway, I think this whole thing is pretty stupid. To be honest with you, I don't know if Slaughter's trying to work himself into the, like, factor himself into the mix here, and that's why he's doing this. I don't know if he believes any of this. I do, I definitely believe he doesn't like her coming out the way she's dressed. That, for some reason, out of everything out of coming out of his mouth, that one I believe the most. I believe that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I believe the most right there. So, but uh, I don't know. I, I think this is just a little weird. And like I said, we haven't really talked about it. It's kind of been boiling for a few weeks. We're a little late on it, but I had that picture. Uh, so <laughs> I figured I would get a chance to show it. Uh, but yeah, this is just sort of a, and I mean, I kind of think it's a little hypocritical of, of slaughter out there doing this when he was never really in the military. She has so much more. I don't know. Clout street legitimacy than you. And you're shitting on her. Dude. I'll tell you what, Sergeant slaughter. She probably, I believe she outranks you act like it. Mm-hmm. You fucking non-military servant son of a bitch. About to have to scrub the latrines, boy. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, yeah. I'd like to see her fucking go tell you to fucking clean the toilet with your fucking mouth. Take that whistle and fucking shove it up your booty hole. Mm-hmm. I apologize for the language. No, it was a little bit coarse, but yeah. I know. I understand. Me being passionate about this. I, I know. I got a little passionate there. Well, Smart, let's just, uh, since we're talking about passion. Ooh, boy, do I got a story for you, Smart. Oh, I got a good one here. We don't talk enough about Ric Flair. We really don't. I love the guy. I do. I know he's kind of a scumbag. I know he is a scumbag, but I fucking love the guy. I really do. Um, Ric Flair did an interview with Fox Business on his new energy drink coming out and kind of what's going to differentiate his energy drink from all the other energy, uh, all the other energy drinks that are out there. Dude, I swear to God, today I couldn't fucking spell, and I looked at Aria, who's my the guy who sits right beside me, and I said, dude, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to be able to fucking speak tonight because I can't spell today. And lo and behold, I can't fucking speak tonight. Um, anyway, fuck business with asking basically what's going to make your drink different than all the other 900 bazillion energy drinks out there. Well... There is something a little different about Ric Flair's energy drink. It is actually made from functional mushrooms. Okay. Okay. Now, this isn't the mushrooms you're thinking of. You're not going to take these and fucking see fucking buildings melting and shit. Don't get your hopes up. Well. I know. That was your hope, but no, that's not how it's going to fucking work. No, NORAB, it's not going to have 17 times the caffeine. I was going to think it might have like also functioned as like a dick pill. Because that's an untapped market right there. Because we were talking about last week, like Logan Paul's trying to get all like 14-year-olds to drink Prime. Uh-huh. Rick Flair should come up with an energy drink for old people. This might be it. But, like you take it, you're like four in the morning. You walk around the mall, you're all fucking jacked up, and then by 2 p.m., you're ready to go to Cracker Barrel and then call it in the uh, 6.45. Oh, there you go. Well, let's, 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 let's read a little bit about this, Mark. Now, it's uh, Ric Flair's main line from this little interview was, it's me in a can, brother. That's how I define Ew. it. That's how I define it. It's me in a can, brother. Oh, yeah, I think my daughter's coming in here crying because no one can stop her from doing it. Because who wouldn't want to swallow a big flare other than numerous flight attendants? Hold on. What's wrong, Lene? Come here. That's you in the picture. That's you. That's Santa. Why are you crying with Santa? That was last year. Do you miss Santa? It won't be long now, Lene. You'll see Santa again. I don't know what my wife just said to her. If, wow, okay. I think I should just tell her now. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm kidding, everyone. Everyone, all of our listeners, this fucking psycho. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. Like, well, you keep crying, and everybody, I'm literally going to give you something to cry about. 
No, I've never said that to my kids ever. Not once. Uh, anyway, um, with all the other um, energy drinks out there, like I said, Ric Flair did try to make this a little bit different. And like I said, he's using functional mushrooms. Not, no, Ric Flair is not Santa Nora. <laughs> um, functional mushrooms not psychedelic mushrooms he's not using that stuff but it is seven different mushrooms which you could actually find at whole foods trader joe's places like that i am probably going to butcher a couple of these names because i really don't like mushrooms to be honest with you and i don't know how to say some of these names so uh here are some of the mushrooms that are in there chaga C-H-A-G-A, I'm going to call that Chaga. Uh, Red Rishi. Mataki, M-A-I-T-A-K-E, Mataki, almost like shiitake, right? Am I right there? Okay, I'm going to go with my Mataki. Turkey Tail, obviously a mushroom. Lion's Mane, that one I've heard of. Cordyceps. And Go-To Cola Extract. Okay, now we're going to get into a couple of these. Now, Cordyceps is known to boost energy. Chaga is a very high antioxidant to the body, can lower blood pressure, and regulate the immune system. Uh, but he's got these in a couple good flavors. Dragon fruit. I love dragon fruit. I love the dragon fruit Red Bull. Lemon and strawberry banana. And uh, right now, those are the three flavors you can get in the uh, Ric Flair energy drink woo energy folks i won't try this i'm sorry i don't like maybe maybe i don't know maybe i don't like mushrooms and i'm gonna think of mushrooms when i eat this mushrooms are literally the only food that i can like not even just attempt to eat without just wanting to throw up I like there's plenty of things i don't like but i, I could like if you gave me money i could like suck it i could get it down but well, like, I literally just can't do mushrooms. Let's you want to do a little story time with Black Man? Sure. Okay. I loved mushrooms when I was younger. Okay. So we, me and my buddies during high school, would go up to this road in Florida called Midway Road. And this was back before the law changed. And if you were caught picking mushrooms, it was a fucking trespassing charge. Misdemeanor, no big deal. Dump the mushrooms, let's go. We would go up there and we would pick pounds. I mean, black garbage bag full of mushrooms. And after we did that, for some reason, just realizing that we're literally digging our hands in cow shit, to get these mushrooms for some reason now whenever i think i mean my buddy would eat them right out of the fucking field oh. and for some reason now whenever i eat mushrooms or whenever i ate a mushroom after that all i think of is that field and cow shit so i just can't even eat i'm like you i can't eat them without fucking just starting to gag it's texture for me 
Because I try not to think about because, I mean, there's a lot of, like, vegetables and fruits and shit that are come from fertilizer. And I, I try my best mm. just to not think about that. But it's the texture. It's all rubbery and gross and disgusting. I feel like I'm trying to fucking gnaw in a tennis ball. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I don't know. Like I said, I loved them when I was younger. I had stuffed mushrooms, fucking all kinds of shit, but I just don't like them anymore. But maybe, I mean, this is going to be, I mean, I don't, I don't feel that you're going to taste mushrooms in this drink. So if I find it, maybe I will grab a can. Maybe I'll try it on air. No? I try all, I, I try all manners of energy drinks and just different drinks in general. It's like almost a hobby of mine. Try out different sodas and energy drink. I'm not trying this fucking mushroom flavored energy drink. And I, I, I know it's not technically mushroom flavored, but the fact that I know that there's mushrooms in there is enough to make me never want to try that. Yeah, I got some. Uh, my wife bought some organic uh, rice cookie treats, and I brought a couple to work. And I'm looking at it, and I open it, and the word mushroom just caught my eye. And I'm like, what the fuck is in this? I turn it over and it's all this soy and this and that. And then one of the ingredients is shiitake mushrooms. I picked, I had two of them. I picked them up. I threw them right in the fucking trash. I can't do it. I mean, regular ass Rice Krispie treats really aren't that bad for you. No, it was like, I mean, there's much better things for you granted that are like less sugar and all that kind of shit. But calorie wise, it's not that bad. She's my wife, my wife is always on a diet. Always on a diet. So she buys all this organic shit and it just happened to have mushroom in it. She likes them. She said you can't even taste the mushroom. I'm like, that's not the point. And that's not the point. I just I you just don't get it. I said, Yeah, if you you've never picked mushrooms like I did. So you don't get it. Dude, we would go up there and then we would sit in the back of my friend's house we would throw a party we'd sit in the backyard and we would just fucking break them up into fucking eighths and sell them all night eighths quarters whatever you wanted yeah what do you want all right go ahead it was we had a blast dude a fucking blast doing that shit go to school so fucking ripped good times man good fucking times Indeed. But anyway, uh, not quite sure what's going to happen with this. But you know what, man? I got to uh, I, mean, I gotta, gotta give it to Flair here, man. He seems like he's real serious about this and his fucking pot stuff that's going on now. I like that he has something to do outside of wrestling. Honestly, I do. But we'll see what happens here, man. I, I really do like that he's got something outside of wrestling to do. Because I don't want to see him wrestle anymore. I don't want him and fucking Conrad to have another goddamn money grab that they admit was a money grab that we knew was a money grab before everyone else was saying it was a money grab. Look, if anybody bought that pay-per-view expecting different than they deserve to be fleeced out of their fucking money. I don't know, man. I mean, we literally said it was, uh, this seems like a money grab. And then literally Ric Flair says after it's all over, this was a money grab. Like, you know, we don't, I, I don't pride myself on being right on shit or anything like that, but this fucking reeked of money grab. Anyway. I mean, 
you would expect less from Conrad, really. Yeah, no shit. Fucking Conrad. Anyway. Anyway. Something we did talk about last week's mark was the uh all the new guidelines that came out for AEW. Um mm-hmm. we went into a whole list of things and most of it both of us agreed. What took you so long to do this? Uh, Tony's really trying to downplay this a little bit on why he did this. And I, I don't think that's a good word to use downplay. I think he's just trying to make it seem like, listen, it's not going to make any really big changes. This isn't going to be a day. Some things require approval. That's it. There are certain thing moves your boss probably should fucking know about before you're doing them. I mean, it's not a bad idea. That's all I'm saying. I I think a lot of these things were pretty fucking just obvious that should be happening anyway. Um, But uh, Tony was a part of the Dan Lebitard show. Uh, Actually, watched this interview last night. Really? Yeah. Not knowing that we were going to be talking about it. Actually, that's like one of the few sports shows that I actually listen to. It's pretty funny because they conducted the interview, the interview the way I feel like we would, mm-hmm. in the sense that twenty minutes of the interview was just them asking him about his dad's boat. Yeah, because his dad is building a new yacht, and they're like, "Well, what's wrong with the old yacht?" Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you like the old yacht? What's wrong with it? And like, Tony Khan has no idea. Like, what the fuck? Like, he he cannot answer any of these yacht questions because the yacht restructure is not his decision. And they're apparently selling the yacht and he's, they're trying to like get it out of him, how much the yacht costs and like who the hell would buy a yacht from you. And like, he's just trying his best to get through the interview. It's kind of a fun. Listen and watch it's on YouTube. He's not selling the boat. His father. And what's his father's yacht, but apparently his, he just like, they just put it out on sale. And they were like, well, what's wrong with the yacht? And they were showing pictures of the yacht. There's apparently like, there's like a submarine built in the fucking yacht. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's a huge, I mean, it's a yacht, but it's, it's fucking huge. If they mention t- this, this sounds very Grand Theft Auto 5. But anyway. Uh, but, uh, okay, so after that, um, I guess this must have been the, uh, the last few minutes of the interview. And that's cool. I'm glad you watched this, man. So you can, uh, here, I'll give you a little bit of what I got, and then you can uh, elaborate if you can. Sure. So, like I said, they asked him a lot about what was going on with the new guidelines. Let's call them guidelines for everything. And he was kind of saying that this is for the referees more than anyone else. And I can see that, too. I definitely the referees should know a little of what you're doing so they know if these guys are fucking, you know, doing the right things or not. And especially I'm kind of glad they got rid of the no seizures, the, the, the seizure selling. Brian is big for that. And he's fooled us. And I bet he's fooled a ref or two. <laughs> I'll bet there's stories we don't know. I can't wait for Brian to tell those one day. But well, let um, us never forget that he is openly admitted to like wanting to fake his own death. Mm. He must be an Elvis man. He, I, I wish that, like of all the motherfuckers that like all the wrestlers that have five kids, I wish he did. 
Because he's literally just sitting out there just like the middle of the afternoon. And like he told there was an interview that we read of him where he said that apples were, I quote, tree sperm. Mm-hmm. And I would just like, like, I wish that we had more access to this man's unfettered thoughts. I don't know, man. I don't think we have that much time to dedicate <laughs> to Brian Danielson. But anyway, we'll see. That wouldn't be bad. I'm sure one day it'll happen. Um, but anyway, uh, like I said, he was asked a little bit about all these little things that he has here. And what his answer was is, yes, I want to have a great pro wrestling company, a hard-hitting pro wrestling company. Uh, those are aren't really crazy changes. And we agreed with that. It's nothing that's going to change the show. It's really more guidelines for the referees as much as anything else. It's good stuff for the wrestlers to know. He said, um, I agree. And he also, as we, the question I asked you last week's Mark, do you think one of the reasons that he's doing this is the fact that he keeps losing matches to injured yeah, injuries, yeah, they asked him roughly how many of, like, the dream matches that he was trying to put together. Right. Like, how many of them had to be either just postponed or just flat out thrown out because of injury. And he said, estimating 20%. Exactly. Exactly. Which, if you think about 20%, dude, that's actually a lot. If you think about a company that's been around for four years. And how many real serious dream matches you would really think about. And I mean, that's why, but that, that is why some of these matches end up on dynamite, like Omega and versus, uh, Del Vikingo. Mm-hmm. Did I probably said his name wrong? Not really. Eho Del Vikingo. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Just try to shorten it a little bit. No, I do that sometimes. <laughs> you look, you cannot, nobody can compete with fucking Kevin Kelly just murdering poor Andrade's name. Well, Andre. <laughs> Andre the Eagle. Andre the Eagle. There you go. Um, now, the only part when I read this interview that I kind of got a chuckle out of is where he says Collision has been going very well and the return of CM Punk has been very successful to us. Has it, though? (laughs) Has it really been successful for you? Or have people been more making fun of you because of the ratings? Now, listen, Smart. We've both said we don't really give a flying fuck about the ratings. We think the... I personally... I don't don't want to speak for you. I personally think this rating system with the Nielsen ratings is outdated, needs to be updated. But we haven't really shared on the show, and I thought people were giving it a little bit of a uh, kind of preemptive shitting on. But it, it, if you're going by ratings, which unfortunately a lot of people do, it doesn't show that CM Punk has been very successful for you. Does it? Would you say it was? I mean, just 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 throw something out here. It's I mean it, it's so weird though because like wrestling is sort of that in between between like sports and entertainment. 
not to fucking you know overuse a term but with like i mean the way the way people watch tv shows now is entirely different with all the streaming services you know people get to shit when they get to shit so like conventional tv ratings really aren't a good judge of the success of a tv show but sporting events are different because they happen live and like there's more of an emphasis to sort of watch them in time so that you don't you know the end result isn't spoiled for you whatever you know who won the game but wrestling is different from that you know typical sporting events so it's really hard to gauge the success of like wrestling because you're using sort of a metric from a bygone era mm-hmm. so it's it like in that same wwe too is like it's just it's hard to like what is it? What is it that you define as a success? Are you looking for the the television ratings numbers? Are you looking for the social media engagement? Are you looking ticket sales, pay per view? But like, there's a whole bigger picture than just the ratings number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent, dude. I totally agree with that. And there, and you're right. There is. We got DVR now. We got people watching on the literally, like I've said before. I watch AEW on the app. And if you want to watch Collision, and you, you got to get the TNT app, not the TBS app, the TNT app. I have both. So I can watch Collision on that app, but I have no cable. I'm not a Nielsen guy. So when they put those ratings out, everyone just thinks it's the it's the whole world that's somehow tied into those ratings. Look, no one's watching this show. That's not exactly what that means. That means Nielsen box holders don't like the show. Oh, well, I don't know. I just, there, there's so many things that go into it. And you're right. There's like, you know, you got all these streaming services now. You've got so many ways to watch a show. And let's face it, dude. How many people just fucking download the show off a of torrent? Well, that's the thing is like it's it's different it's not apples to oranges but like when lucha underground was around mm-hmm. i am absolutely positive that more people are watching lucha underground on a weekly basis than like impact but not that many people had l ray network so like most right. people were watching it on some sort of a website or you know like pirated basically so it's like there, there was way more engagement you know go back to that term for lucha underground than it was for impact i people mm. weren't talking about it in ways where it's like you could tell that they weren't watching the show like people were talking they watched the fucking show not everybody but like i'm just saying more people watch lucha underground than impact you know you you say that but i gotta tell you when they finally put that show on netflix it didn't last long which means it didn't do well that was weird, yes. Because it was on Netflix and it was on Tubi, and now I don't think it's on anything, but... I mean, I'm, I'm just... I and again, it just shows that, you know... I don't know, man. It's it's, it's just such a, a a weird situation where, like you said, you can, you can watch so many places now, but I really feel a lot of people now... Listen... I'll be honest, folks. I've downloaded Dynamite before. I don't have cable. There's been nights where I have literally, and it's been obviously recent because we just started doing the show on Thursdays. I've downloaded the show. I can download it less than an hour after it's fucking over. That doesn't go towards fucking ratings. I am a fucking damn near 50-year-old man, and I know how to do that. How many fucking 
younger people are out there fucking just downloading the show. Right. People who aren't me because I'm a man of God. Look, I'm not fucking trying to lie to you guys here. I never have. I, I can't keep up with lies, so I ain't lying. But, I mean, it's just, this is what, I, I mean, I have. I I watched last night live because I wanted to see the Blood and Guts match. So I did watch that. But, uh, you know, and like I said, I watch on the app. I watch on the TBS app. I'm not part of that. Nielsen. Those were the Nielsen ratings, not the fucking world rating. I don't understand why everyone thinks that that is like the national rating system that every person in the world is counting on that. And only 500,000 people in the world watched that show. And eh, we got to stop that shit. Well, I mean, again, it goes back to a metric from a bygone era because that was the thing that people did during the Attitude Era. Yeah, but times have changed. The way that people <laughs> consume media has changed, and the barometer for what is successful and what is not—it's it, in different avenues. You're right; it is. And I mean, you know, we've got it, averages does just don't. It, it, well, you're one hundred percent right. It, it is from a bygone era, and it needs to be updated. I'm not saying we can't count those, and those shouldn't mean something too. Networks, there shouldn't mean something to investors uh, and things like that. But to us fans, if you like it, you like it. I just don't see to where ratings should mean a fucking thing to us. I just don't Plus see it's it. really, I guess, sort of the only, like, way that you can, like, compare the companies i guess if you want to like if you or whatever you're determined to be a fan of one company not the other it's just sort of fodder for like twitter arguments it is but I mean, when you really break it down both companies for what stations they're on or all companies for what stations they're on are probably doing well you know it's uh, really we're just talking AEW and WWE here so and both companies for those stations are probably doing well for those stations otherwise AEW wouldn't be getting more shows from Warner Brothers WWE wouldn't be getting you know and, and they do get good ratings they get the same ratings but they get the good ratings it's fine a couple million right. people here but it's just you know I just think a lot of fucking wrestling fans when it comes to the ratings, and I have no clue what I'm talking about when it comes to the ratings. There's so much more involved than just this is the number. That's it. Over, done with. Right. So. But there's numbers, there's demographics. It's all kind of, like you said, there's all kinds of different shit. So anyway, let's get to the main event of tonight's mark, the meat of the situation. Mm-hmm. Teddy. I think preemptively before we get too oh. deep into this, it made me realize that there's like a different dynamic that you are a better person than I, because usually when I'm like scouring the news, trying to find things to report, it's like, oh, we all rushed it. Something I can't wait till Box sees this. This will be uh, fun. I saw that. And it's like stuff that purpose, like purposely is meant to inflame and agitate. But then you saw that Teddy Hart was in the news, and you two days ahead of when the show is sent it to me. Because you knew that it would fill me with glee. I knew. And I knew. And you know what? I got to thank Stephen Milan, who actually sent this article, put it on the Wrestling Umbrella group. 
And uh, that is how I found out about this. And he knows that this show loves and appreciates every story Teddy Hart is involved with. So, uh, Teddy Hart, once again, folks, uh, like Smart said at the beginning of the show, is Teddy Hart in jail? He was. He was. I, I, I love this picture. This is like the most Teddy Hart picture of Teddy Hart. It really is. It, it, it's like the most... De- describe Teddy Hart in a picture. Here you go. Him and the cat are making the same expression. He doesn't have a shirt on. He has a chain. You you can't see it, but you know for sure he has the fucking pajamas pants on. Oh, he's, oh or Zubaz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So TMZ, though, did report uh, a few days ago that uh, the former MLW middleweight champion was arrested Friday, June 14th, after being over uh, by after being pulled over by cops for running a red light in Florida, uh, which, by the way, I have I, how you get pulled over for running a red light in Florida baffles me because when a light turns red in Florida, the last three cars go. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is, because old people still see green. Anyway, uh, they pulled him over, and of course, they smelt marijuana in his car. That's right, the old Mary Jane folks. They smelt marijuana in his car. It was a 2022 Mustang. He's got a nice car. Uh, the officers then asked to search the vehicle, which even if he did not grant them permission, they had probable cause with the smell of marijuana. So no matter what, his car was getting searched. Uh, They found multiple bags of pills and powder that later tested positive for MDMA. That's ecstasy for you uh, uh, not drug people knowing out there. And the other bag was, of course, confirmed to be anabolic steroids. He was booked on yes. two felony booked on two felony charges of possession of MDMA and possession of a controlled substance without a prescription. Fortunately for Hart, he was released on Saturday and was still able to make the booking he had on Sunday. God bless whatever wrestling company is still booking Teddy Hart in 2023. You know. <laughs> Oh my god, just imagine I don't even somewhere know. at some fucking American Legion somewhere in in like the janitor's closet, I guess, there's Teddy Hart and Sergeant Slaughter just fucking chucking being a couple of mentions. I, I just I just when is this guy gonna fucking grow up? Look, I'm not talking about that kind of grow up. But like, well, he's trying to grow up. That's what the HGH is for. Well, it's not what I mean. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm still pretty immature, I I think, and stuff. But at some point, you got to be like, dude, when I get fucked up, I'm just gonna do it at home. I'm gonna keep my fucking drugs at home. I'm gonna keep. I mean, you want to carry? You want to do, uh, Teddy, Teddy. Teddy, Teddy, come here, come here, Teddy. They have these things called vapes that 
the cops can't smell. Okay? You should try them. Okay? You can actually buy them in stores. Fucking there lies idiot. the problem. Teddy Hart is probably not allowed in most stores. Dude, you could, I mean, I don't know. I go to the fucking uh, head shop up the road right from my job and I buy these little fucking Delta vape pens because I need something at work. And they fucking work wonders. Wonders. Got it. $15. They're fucking beautiful. I love it. Teddy, it's 2023. Act like it, motherfucker. You don't need to fucking smoke a joint or a blunt in the fucking car anymore. You don't need to do that anymore. Stop. Well, much like the other members of his family, he likes to honor tradition. I get it, but dude, we've got other ways now, my man. I suppose. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, let's. Uh, Teddy Hart's out. He made his booking. All is well in the world, Smart. I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of impressed that he like, still managed to make his booking. I think that is a sign that he's growing up. Oh, that's the sign. I mean, kind of, sort of. That's the sign he's growing up. Okay. So, I mean, mm-hmm. consider the family is what I'm going to say about it. All right, all right. Because, like, all right, is, like, owning, like, 27 cats... And, like, having an entire suitcase full of, like, MDMA and HGH. Is that weirder than, like, wanting to fuck your sister? No. Maybe. A little. No. 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 Exactly. But that's the thing. That's the that, that's what's so amazing about that family. The people don't talk about it enough. It's like, he might not be the black sheep of that family if you really think about it. Does he still run the hookers? Probably, probably. That's a Canada thing, I think. But uh, you know, you know. Someday we really do have to talk about it. It's already like damn near a fucking year old at this point. But I really would like to talk about that documentary at some point. Yeah, I'll get around to watching it one day. It's beautiful. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, let's go ahead and get into the last little part of this fucking show, Smart. What do you say, sir? Bring her on home. Let's do it. Let's do it, which is AEW Blood and Guts. Now, folks, I have noticed looking at the analytics for the show when we start talking about uh, Dynamite lately, everyone starts shutting the show off. So my notes are minimal for this show. (laughs) My notes are minimal for this show. Very, very minimal. And honestly, like we were talking about, it's it was kind of a a one match show anyway. And I mean, let's, let's be honest, Mark Moxley bleeding. Is that really something to be fucking talking about for 20 minutes? No. Just starting to wonder if like, maybe that, that that's a sign. If you're saying that the analytics are down when we actually start talking about what this show is theoretically about in four, mm. it's like, all right, we, we were here for the 40 minute Keanu Reeves movie talk. Well, but you motherfuckers start talking about that fucking wrestling shit. We're yeah. Well, and I've noticed it's more the later, like since we've moved to to Thursdays, because mm-hmm. people have already watched the show by then, which is fine. It's it's fine. I don't mind, but I've noticed a few things. One of them is that once we start reviewing 
it's over. So our reviews, um, I'm going to make sure I take way less notes, stop going match for match and literally every backstage segment and we'll trim it down a little bit. I get it. I hear you folks. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, if you want me to be even less insightful, I could do that for you. We can, I'll tell you the truth. I'd be down with getting more news and saying, fuck AEW altogether. If y'all want us to, if y'all want us to do that, put in the, tell us in the comment section of, of the video. I will yeah. absolutely like, don't just write. This sucks. Like we, we know we've just, seen it already. Yeah. Just put fuck AEW. I'm glad yes. I, I will gladly. I would love to actually get more news, focus on that and talk more bullshit and just, no, I don't even care. We can talk AEW or not. I'll watch either way. So it's, uh, it's up to you guys. We'll see what we'll, 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 we'll see if we get any comments on that. But, uh, anyway, AEW started off with the, uh, Jack Perry. I'm going to call him Jack Perry from now on because Smark, if you didn't notice, he looked like he was dragging Jungle Boy into a grave and mm-hmm. Jack Perry was being born. That's right. That's kind of how it came off to me. I don't know if that's how you saw it, but I thought that was pretty... I. <laughs> What made me laugh is they did make a note to put on put it over on commentary that he now wears black boots. And I was uh, like, all right, like I appreciate you're trying to like sum up little details, but that means fucking jack shit to anyone. You know what, man? I'm really willing to give this a chance. I like the guy, and I think he... I mean I like the little vignette where, like you said, he buried Jungle Boy, and that they mm-hmm. did the little they started to play Tarzan Boy, and then it, like they shifted and. Like, now it's the new era, and so I'm not doing the Jungle Boy bullshit anymore. Like, all right, that's cool. But, like, just the idea that he's like, oh, it's a big, it's just symbolic that he's wearing black boots. Like, no one gives a fuck. You got to wear black gear if you're a bad guy. Because, you know, bad guys wear black. As Pantera once said. That's right. Cowboys from hell, sir. That's it. That's right. We're taking over this fucking town. But anyway, I like what they're doing here. Like I said, it looks like they have buried Jungle Boy and Jack Perry has been born. Commentators did not call him Jungle Boy after that segment last night. He They did call him Jack Perry. Him and Hook had a match for the FTW title, though. Smart, what were you going to say? Everybody but Taz. That, that's what made me laugh. Cause he's, like, everybody else was calling him Jack Perry. He's like, I don't know if he wants to be called Jack Perry or Jungle Boy or whatever, but he's about to get a sense. <laughs> that just made me laugh. Well, his son was in the match. He was keeping a character going on, sir. Yeah, I mean, yes, it thematically made sense, but it just it made me laugh because that would probably also be something that Taz would do, even if he wasn't feuding with his son. True, true. But I think AEW made a very right move here, putting the FTW title on Jack Perry. Um, It gives him just something to kind of sink his teeth into, some sort of gold, no matter if it's recognized gold or not, it gives him something to drape over his shoulder. Him and Hook are going to continue. And I got to tell you, man, that pop for Hook fucking loud as shit. I had the fucking headphones on. I damn near had to take them off. Uh, and even um, 
the show was at the TD Center in Boston. Actually, uh, Jackie Jones from IYH in your head wrestling was there live. And he said that that pop was deafening for hook live deafening. It was so, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a few that's, that's catching on. People like hook. They fucking loved. I mean, you could hear it in the match. Every time he even made a, a move work, they cheered for him. This is I I don't know, man. I'm definitely willing to give this a fucking shot. I think Jungle Boy can pull this off. I'm sorry. Jack Perry can pull this off. I do. I would really love to see him fucking shave, cut the hair. But I got to tell you, I think Christian has, I still say Christian's working on him with promos. He's, it's just the way I feel. Could be. I think Christian is working with him on his heel work. I really fucking do. I don't know. Call me crazy, but I like this. I'm liking it. I'm will. I'm definitely willing to give it a chance. And uh, it was a great, a, a good way to start off this fucking show. Yeah, it was nice. It was, I mean, usually, you know, being blood and guts, you would think that it's a sort of one batch, and then they sort of just build sort of a kind of like how they do with the Royal Rumble, where it's like you could just kind of throw anything on there. But the, I like that they actually put a like big feud that's ongoing on there and like sort of a high stakes match where it wasn't just filler until you get to blood and guts. It's like hey, this match really meant something. No, it was great. And like I said, we have a new FTW champion. Like I said, whether it's recognized or not, it's at least something for Jack Perry to sink his teeth into in this new run. And um, I'm down for it, man. I'm down to see where he can go. I kind of like when they do this. This is one of those fucking sink or swim moments for Jack Perry. And I think he's got a big chance here to show us what he can do. And I hope he can, I hope he can do it. I think he can. I think we're going to see some stuff out of him that we never thought we'd saw before. Uh, We never thought we'd see out of him at all. So we'll see. We'll Mm -hmm. see. Uh, We're continuing this. Don Callis Jericho storyline, which I didn't really think needed to actually be revisited on this show. I actually thought waiting a week for this one would have been a good idea and keeping the focus on Guevara and Garcia for this match that that was coming up because they were kind of pushing it from last week. So I thought that would have been a bit a better idea, but they're still going with it. They had it on this week. Um, they're having a meal together. Alex Marvez was like the bitch reporter trying to get a scoop the whole fucking night. Whatever. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't know. This, this was kind of a running storyline throughout the episode, but uh, I mean, I kind of agree with you with that because I mean, that was the same. I was complaining about that a little bit when, uh, forbidden door was like so much of, like what's been going on lately on television has been like sort of centered on Don Callis and it doesn't make sense to me because it's like, he's not a wrestler and like, okay, yeah, I understand. Like he basically, it seems like it's this AEW's version of like Paul Heyman. Like it seems like a lesser Mm -hmm. Paul Heyman, but like Paul Heyman never, like everything that Paul Heyman does is always in service of a client or you know a wrestler mm-hmm. it's always you know like it was about brock lesnar for the longest of time and then like everything he, he's on polyman's on tv a fuck ton obviously but it's all it's always about his wrestler like and it's about roman right 
it's either, whereas like okay yeah the don Callis thing it's, it's about kenny omega but it's like kenny omega's feuding with don Callis basically like it's just I, I, how does that work you know what i mean and like the jericho is it just it doesn't it, there's just a lot of focus put on him and it doesn't funnel into other people i don't feel like yeah and paul Heyman has the the elegance when he cuts his promos he puts over the talent he puts over both talents he puts over roman he puts over the challenger and then he puts over the pay-per-view itself then he puts the match over he literally puts together a nice a nice uh he put he like puts together a sub sandwich when he's fucking doing a promo and he completes it well he is a sandwich artist when it comes to promos Callus doesn't, he's got the promo ability. He can go out there, he can talk, but I don't feel he goes out there and has the same formula as a Heyman. He's more about putting down the other, the opponent than anything. But I don't know. This is a weird little situation. And I got to tell you, the more they have it on the show, the less I give a fuck. Yeah. I'm saying it's re- it's almost overdoing, which is why I think they should have. I think they should have really told Jericho to take a week off this week. There was no reason for the this Jericho storyline to be on this show. I mean, those particular segments, like you could even still done it. You could have just had him the way it happened with him being in commentary for the, you know, Sammy Guevara, Daniel Garcia, the tag match, the finals of the tag tournament. I thought that was unnecessary too. They just wanted it was, to, but yeah. I mean, you could. That's it's a bit of an easier like transition, I think, than dedicating yeah. television time for it this week. You know, because you could just still have the match and then have your go commentate. You're not really taking away from anything. But I wouldn't argue that it was also unnecessary. You're, you're right there. Yeah, they just wanted to show a little more dissension between uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society after the those guys walked up and walked away from Jericho after they lost the match. That's really all that fucking was. And again, I it, it didn't need to be done this week. I just didn't think it did. I it just. I'm glad you agree. I'm glad you agree. Um. So we had Cole and MJF. They're outside of a restaurant we see, and Cole's trying to get MJF to face his fear and try spicy food. So they are at the world famous, especially in Boston, Kowloon's Chinese restaurant. We've heard John Cena mention this place in a couple of promos before when they're in Boston. Kowloon's. No, you don't remember those? Not really, honestly. I, no, I, I I'm do. sure that he has, but I, I it doesn't hit me the same way as like if you know CM Punk's talking about some shit in Chicago. Like I was like, oh, yeah. I know that place. Ah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Well, and and I got family in Boston. I've been to Kowloon's, but anyway, uh, MJF is basically pulling a Hogan here, where he keeps exaggerating when he slammed. I told you this was coming. It is fucking, beautiful. I you did. It here it was. You did. You said this was coming, like just like fucking Andre. He's going to keep exaggerating, and he does exaggerating the story, exaggerating <laughs> the story. And then they start getting drunk, and he's exaggerating the story. I fucking love this, dude. I'm sorry. I was laughing the whole time. Uh, yeah, it was great. Laughing the whole fucking time. Um, 
so then what happens is we get the Britt Baker match. We get Britt Baker versus Kayla Sparks, which turned out to be a pretty quick match. Not really worth talking about. The only thing we're talking about is we haven't really seen Britt in the ring in a while. So now she's back in the ring. So that's really the only uh, only thing I've got on that. But um, after that, we had another little segment with Cole and MJF. And I got to tell you, Smart, you can call me evil. I don't give a fuck. But seeing Roderick Strong being this little third wheel <laughs> bitch with a fucking <laughs> neck brace on just puts a little... It just puts a smile on my face and it warms my heart a little bit, which makes me think maybe I'm a little evil. Well, okay, but if he, if you're not even like, yeah, we like having fun with this, the idea that like Roger Strong is getting coached, like he has a night brace and he's like yeah, just fine. watching in disbelief that his friends moved on from him. But like, even if you were trying to not make fun of Roger Strong, what is his character? That is his character. Like you're not even trying to pick it apart. He's literally just like the jaded, jilted best friend who like has lost his friend to a different guy. Like he's the, the, the it's and it's pretty silly and it's pretty funny. And like you said, like he's only been with the company for like a couple of months and he's like getting bitched out. This little bitch could have stayed with WWE and NXT and fucking probably done the same shit. Mm-hmm. But no, he's got to be with his fucking buddies. We got to do the fucking thing. We got look. I know eventually it's all gonna fucking turn around, and we're gonna fucking get the undisputed era return. I know it's gonna happen. You know it's gonna happen. I guarantee they're all getting back. It, they're all gonna be back there eventually. Fish. You can bring it back. I was gonna ask if you thought they were gonna bring back Robert Fish. They're bringing back Fish. They're gonna bring back fucking O'Reilly's hurt. So when he comes back. And you know what? It'll be a great fucking moment. But right now, seeing Roderick Strong looking like a little fucking I need a friend bitch just warms my heart. And again, I think that might make me evil. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I really am. So after that, Smart, we got this the This is going to be like one of those things. Mm-hmm. Where like I cannot remember the fucking the name of this lady, but uh, she was the member of the Iconics that didn't get fired first. They kept her around for a minute, and she like went around and she was trying to be friends with all the other female wrestlers, and they just wanted nothing to do with her. Yeah, is that what they're gonna have Roderick Strong doing now? I guess I would, so. I would like those vignettes where like Roderick Strong tries to befriend various members of like the AW roster. Like he's like fucking, he like goes and buys like a chain wallet and starts trying to like buddy up with House of Black. He has like this little fucking face paint, but it's done all shitty, and they like make fun of him. Like this could this would be a great gimmick of just Roderick Strong just being like. This fucking complete loser. Well, it matches his character. And yes, that there was we go. Billy, Billy K. Kay. Yes, Norab. I was going to let him know that too. Uh, Billy K. Absolutely. So, yeah, that, uh, there you go. Like I said, he could have just fucking stayed in NXT and been treated like this. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's like I tell these fucking people at my job every time they fucking give me shit. I go, I can take this fucking abuse a lot closer to my house. Fuck you. That's it. A lot closer to my fucking house. I don't come here to be fucking bitched at by you guys. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, We get this tag match. Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara versus Cole and MJF. This is one of those blind eliminator things. This match was going fine. And then suddenly, 
smart, we get a dance-off. And I'm not talking like a little quick, you know, dance-off. This was like stop the match, play the music, dance-off. And then white boy Adam Cole ruined everything. Indeed. Cole was dancing like Pee Wee Herman on crack. There's there's a lot of uh, hip gyrations going on. Yes, yes. He looked like fucking. Uh, he looked like fucking uh, Beavis. I mean, I'm sure this was played up for comedic effect, but I, I oh, feel yeah. like he probably doesn't dance that much differently, like in real life. No, probably not. And I could just he, imagine Britt Baker back there laughing her ass off, which is bad because she had not that much ass in the first place, but. I could just see her back there laughing her ass off at watching this segment. I really could. And I bet she was like ready to go back and watch the segment for that. Now <laughs> that's a question. It's like, okay, so would laughing her ass off for her just be sort of like a light chuckle? Mm-hmm. Because there's not someone who's like, ha. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Like you'd have to be like really guffawing if you were like a Bailey, but like if you're Britt Baker, you just kind of. <laughs> Oh God, Bailey couldn't. La- Bailey couldn't even laugh enough to laugh that ass off. She would have to laugh like fucking Eddie Murphy. She'd have to. Go, ah, 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 it wouldn't ah. work. It wouldn't work. That ass would. Uh, it, it. That ass is in in imperbable, sir. You can't do it. Good lord, that ass. Anyway, uh, we get this match, and this match was pretty good. We. Uh, we finally got to see MJF and Cole hit that double clothesline they've been talking about. They win the match. And we get a little dissension between these two, which was expected. Um, the ref, because MJF has his back turned, the ref hands Cole the the triple B to give to MJF, but MJF turns around. He sees Cole holding it and because he's such a immature child, he can't stand someone holding his belt. That's about it. They do hug it out, but not before we get a little evil look from MJF. Yep. The devil. That's himself. what I like about this is it's kind of interesting that like basically they've built the last two matches on just like the most simplest of moves. Mm-hmm. Because like the whole match was built like last week, the whole match was built on the body slam. Yeah. yeah, body slamming Big Bill. And like they've for the last like two or three weeks have built up to a double clothesline. Mm-hmm. Like that it's 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 funny how like it's very simplistic, but it just it fucking works. Mm-hmm. It fucking works. It does. It does. Ah, Nora, I believe he's talking Bailey, the delightful derriere. Mm-hmm. That's a great fucking name. Indeed. Sky Blue's going to get that soon if she keeps clicking, getting her ass breaking the internet. Now that is a literal dream match. Ooh. What? Sky Blue and who? Bailey. Oof. Dude. You know that picture of the guy from South Park with jizz all over his computer? Mm-hmm. That's, I don't think the internet, I don't think the IWC can handle that shit. I have to reinforce the ring just based on the booty alone. My God. Fucking everyone's going to be trying to rehydrate after that. Going to run out of water in this fucking world. <laughs> um, so like me and Smart talked about at the beginning of the show, they set aside a whole hour for this match here. Basically an hour. Uh, they went to commercial a few minutes before the uh, the hour, and then they came back. They did intros, 
And then we had everyone coming on down for this blood and guts match, which it does take a while. You got all the guys coming out. It takes two, what, two minutes, I believe. Or I think they're saying it was five. Like, I don't know if that's actual legitimate five minutes or if it's kayfabe five minutes. Okay. But I think they were saying it's like five minutes between guys. Okay. I didn't catch that part. But um, all right. There you go. Now, I wasn't about to take like full notes for an hour, but I did get some quick little things of the match. Uh, we got a bucket of broken glass from Moxley, which. Y'all remember the first episode where Omega and Moxley broke that table? That was the glass. Callback. Call back, baby. That was the callback to that match where they broke the glass on that table. Um, so there you go with that. Uh, Moxley broke out a bed of nails, which you can see right there in uh, the fourth picture, the, uh, the the middle right there on the right. Uh, some crazy shit on top, on top of the cage with uh, Yuta. And was that Nick Jackson up there? Please, so. I believe so. Pack. Doing great, but he did walk away from the Blackpool Combat Club, as did Takeshita. Um, it was a pretty fucking brutal match. And Moxley ended up being cuffed. I mean, listen, like I said, we're not going to go move for move in this match. It'd be a fucking bitch to do. But Moxley was bloody, as we knew he would be. Um, but Pat um, was responsible for my two favorite parts of this match. All right. Part A. Was like he was like hang, he was like hanging from the scaffolding like mm-hmm. element of it. It was like some like weird sort of scaffolding part of it, and he was swinging on it, and then he like let go and did a double stomp through a table, and that yeah. was fucking cool. And then like that was the honest, legitimate, genuine thing about that that I enjoyed. Part two, on a more sinister note, he's getting into it with Claudio. Mm-hmm. Like they're shouting at each other, they're they're having a real hard time. They're they're not on the same page anymore. They're bumping each other's chests. But the height discrepancy is so much <laughs> that Pack is having to like jump up, like he's basically hitting with a fucking crossbody every time he's trying to bump him in the chest, which is just like I Claudio's a big motherfucking guy, but like this is funny to see him like just jump into a chest bump. Yeah, Pack's like his face is hitting his his stomach. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, man. But yeah, I mean, look, that I thought the match was pretty good. Um we know who won the golden elite ended up taking the fucking win in that match, which uh, I got no problem with that at all. Um, and I guess after the show went off the air, black bull combat club, they all kind of showed a little sign of respect and, you know, kind of give a little fist bump at the end of the match. But um, the match itself, I thought was pretty goddamn good, man. I really did. I thought this was a fucking good match. I, I the bed of nails I thought was a little weird when he pulled it out, um, but overall I thought it was a pretty good. I mean, basically it was a pretty good hardcore match in a fucking cage, double ring in a cage. It was a war games match of what we saw, but I thought it went off really good. And I don't know, man. I just didn't see no fucking issues with it. And yeah, Pack versus Claudio for the ROH title tomorrow night on uh, Rampage. Thank you, Norab. Tomorrow. Two, oh, no, I'm sorry. Not tomorrow. 
Yeah, it's on Death Before Dishonor. It would be the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. You're right. It is. I apologize, folks. Smark is much smarter than me, which is why his name is Smart Mark, and I am not. July. Actually, yeah, it is tomorrow. July 21st. Yeah, tomorrow. I see. I I keep forgetting that we're on Thursday now. Yep. I know. It's tough, man. I, I, so many times I'm sitting here talking about the show, and I'm like, last night, last night, and it, or or tonight, 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 and it was last night. So it's tough, man. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. I like doing I'm really, again, I'm so much happier doing the show on Thursdays right now. I am so much happier doing the show sure. on this night. So we'll... Um, but that's really about it. I mean, I don't know what else you got on Blood and Guts. I mean, Ibushi was great in the fucking match. Didn't do as much as I thought he was going to do. But uh, good stuff overall through the, overall and, all, and throughout the whole match. And I thought it was a good show. I thought the show actually went quick. Five matches will do or four matches will do that to you. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of sort of ironic since we just talked about how the Don Callis segment was not necessary. But even though, even so, there still wasn't a lot of filler. Right. Like there was that the, the, this John Kelly segment didn't belong, but it was only like a minute or so. So it was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it, we're nitpicking a little bit with that segment, but I really feel that this Jericho thing really could have fucking waited a week. I think they should have left Jericho off this show, Don Callis off this show, let that fucking simmer for a week. Let everyone think. Let everyone fucking. Jericho is thinking about it. Why can't we think about it for a week? Playing a few vignettes would have probably been a better a better idea of just what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then let us fucking make some decisions in our head. Let us come up with some fucking conjecture and bullshit. Yeah, you can do that. I think you can run like last week when they're doing the Daniel Garcia entrance. You know, just be like, oh, here's what's been happening with them. Or Hager, you know, walking away from him, you know, giving his hat back and shit like that. Replay some of that shit and just leave Jericho off the show. That should have simmered for a fucking week, in my opinion. Again, I think maybe we're nitpicking on that, but uh, that's really all I got, man. I'm, uh, Jesus Christ, I'm done. Yep. What do you got, nothing? No, no, not really. I, I've been watching a little bit of the G1 Climax. I watched the night two. It was the first night of uh, Eddie Kingston and G1 Climax, and he won, so that was cool. Ah, our video is ready, sir. Yay. So next week we'll have a nice clean video for everybody. I uh I got to piss. So we can wrap this motherfucking show up right now and I can go do that. Folks, I appreciate everybody coming on in, in here and uh and listening with us. Um really really do. Really appreciate that. So uh and glad y'all like the movie talk. I love movie talk. This is, every time we talk movies, all I think is, my God, I got to bring that fucking movie show back, Hollywood Hangout. And I will very, very soon. Um, but uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Smart Course, thanks for coming on and joining me and talking some wrestling. And Norab, the title. My God, I almost think we have to come up with something with Steven Seagal. I guess let's Give us a little while. We'll think of something like, uh, luckily, I had Smart got my back and thought of something last week because I had no idea for a title. But uh, we will think of something. But thank you, everyone, for fucking listening. I definitely appreciate it. And um, that's really all I got for tonight. Smart, you got anything, uh, any final words, my man? 
Nah, not really. September 4th, totally inappropriate sports spec. All right. Not far. Coming up, man. Yep. Coming up. We will uh, definitely let you plug that again next week, my man. And of course, folks, thank you. And see you. Yes. Later. Good God. Take a piss. You got it. Oops. Wrong button. We're still fucking broadcasting.